Welcome back into the fast lane here on this Thursday afternoon. As a reminder, I'm filling in for Ed today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's got his kids to handle. It's uh, orientation, I believe, for his kids' preschool. So, uh, you know, I, I he is uh, obviously family first here, so you have to take care of that. Joining you now, I, I, I went back in my phone book, and I reached out to a good friend of mine, a uh, good pal who we had on before when I've hosted – uh, back in my ESPN Blacksburg days, uh, Mr. Andrew Alex, he writes for 247 Sports. He's also the host of the Hokey Hangover podcast, as well as VT Scoops Inside the Tunnel podcast as well. AA, it's good to hear from you. Uh, as you are a Charlotte resident, my first question for you is, uh, are you scouting out the new ACC headquarters to see who is coming in to check the grant of rights? Because that's the only way they can check it right now. <laughs> Yes, man. I don't know. Maybe I should just uh, start camping out outside of that ACC headquarters, uh, you know, seeing what we can do in that regard because uh, it's messy. It's messy. There's no way to uh, sugarcoat it right now. And You know, as a lifelong fan of the ACC, I know you know this. Some of your listeners out in Lynchburg probably don't. Grew up, son of a Duke alum, uh, you know, ended up obviously attending Virginia Tech uh, for my undergraduate education so i've been in and around acc athletics my entire life and uh, it's kind of sad to see the state of affairs right now and you know in my heart of hearts i hope that uh we can keep this operation together but uh, it seems like there's a whole lot more questions than answered right now yeah I, I i completely agree with that well the good news is we won't get any of those answers till uh till next year so um that that's a good good at least we get one year so let's let's focus on 2024 and obviously football season is here and you're home for every game on the Hokies season is CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg 93.3 FM the VTR in Southside 106.3 FM as well as CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg you and your colleagues actually posted an article about uh who are who some players to look out for maybe the most underrated players on the team, so I want to I want to ask you, who is the most underrated player? We'll go with the offensive side first. Uh, so yeah, my temptation there, and I, I wrote it accordingly. I thought it was Jalen Lane. I mean, look, there is no doubt that Ollie Jennings comes in with a lot of hype, and that hype is uh, you know reasonably well founded. He was a top recruit coming out of high school, started off at West Virginia. Uh, you know, never really broke into the lineup there. Some injuries early on in his career. And, you know, he went to Old Dominion, and uh, he put on a show. Tech fans can tell you that. He showed us what he could do in the fourth quarter last year uh, in Old Dominion's uh, upset of Virginia Tech. Not that big of an upset. We figured out how good Virginia Tech was by the end of the year. But, nonetheless, he is a real talent. Uh, he was one of the most sought-after transfers in the portal this year. And I think that anyone who says that, uh, he projects to be Virginia Tech's number one receiver this year. Uh, you know, it's a pretty safe place to put your money. Right? But he's not the only show in town, right? And if we remember last year, Virginia Tech, uh, their passing offense was essentially throw the ball to Caleb Smith and see if he can catch it. Uh, that, you know, Caleb Smith was a great player. Richmond native, that didn't necessarily uh, work out. The offensive statistics uh, would show you that. I'm a huge fan of the addition of Jalen Lane. Jalen Lane last year at Middle Tennessee State University, Rick Stockstill's squad out there in Murfreesboro. You know, just a, a season to remember for him. And he came up big in the biggest games of the year for them, that being the upset of Miami. He goes over 100 yards, 
couple touchdowns in the game, uh, the bowl game against San Diego State as well. I'm not saying he's going to be like the number one receiver in the ACC, but having a number two makes your number one better. And having a good number one opens up more opportunities for your number two. If that number two is capable, which I think Jalen Lane has proven so far in his collegiate career that he is more than capable of playing uh, Division One college football at the FBS level, I think he's going to contribute in a big way. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ultimately uh, led the team in catches. And between him and then, I mean, we'll see how Daquan Felton comes along. We'll see uh, Gosnell. Of course, development of younger players. We have some good true freshmen like uh, Aiden Green coming in. I think the Virginia Tech's passing offense is going to be, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to call it night and day, right? But, I mean, this was one of the worst passing attacks in all of college football last year. So if they could just get to, like, a middle-of-the-road group, I think that's just some solid improvement that will uh, translate to wins and losses. So, Ollie Jennings is great, but on an underrated perspective, I like Jalen Lane for the NC coming yeah, let's let's touch on the pass catchers. Obviously, it was a, a big weakness last year was just no separation on the outside. I mean, you look at this receiving core, uh, you could really put it up there in the conference as as one of the you know better better receiving cores in, in the ACC, and that's something that you know Virginia Tech hasn't had since uh, we were students. And uh, so, just touch on that a little bit, like. How how good can this receiving core and this pass pass catching core can be? I mean, I think uh, uh, you don't want to say the sky's the limit, but I mean, it's a group that looks pretty good, right? I mean, Ali Jennings had he not transferred to Texas State at Old Dominion would probably still be an NFL prospect. But your number one guy is an NFL prospect. I, I don't think that. Uh, I mean, again, Jalen Lane just has to be pretty good. In the ACC right now, pretty good. We'll get you pretty far uh, in the wide receiver room. And then on top of that, Trey, uh, I mean, you look at Felton. And, as, you know, Norfolk State, obviously, different level. So it's not necessarily proven. But the, the speed, the pass-catching ability, like all that stuff transfers, right? So if he can be a factor or you just see a step in the right direction from Gosnell, who was a four-star recruit uh, at one point, or – Aiden Green, who was a four-star recruit, comes in and makes an impact, which, you know, we talk about in college football, true freshmen, sometimes a wash. But if Virginia Tech has proven anything, you know, over the course of at least, like, recent history, like, since we were students or, like, right around that time, if you look back at the 2014 season, Isaiah Ford and Cam Phillips come in as true freshmen and make an impact. Trey Turner, Tavion Robinson, two of the – you know, uh, better wide receivers for the, for the university over the course of the last, like, 10 so years. Again, made an impact as a true freshman. I would not write off Aiden Green or, you know, really any of these younger guys to come in and make an impact. So Virginia Tech had absolutely no depth at all in the position last year. Now it seems to be uh, a position where, you know, at least in the, in the short term, they're good. And, you know, having these guys like Jennings, like Felton, uh, like Jalen Lane, to be able to come in and make an impact and let the younger guys develop under them, I, I think really kind of sets forward the path of what Virginia Tech's trying to do. Now, that being said, Trey, with the worry being the offensive line, we've seen in college football so many times, right? <laughs> you could have the talent on the outside, you could have the talent under center, but if the guy doesn't have any time to throw the ball, what, what does it matter, right? We saw that with Boston College last year. I think we saw that 
to an extent with Brandon Armstrong last year at UVA, going from a you know top of the conference quarterback to just having an abysmal season, uh, you know, with a bunch of offensive line transfers on the way out. So that's obviously going to play a factor. You can't underrate it. But last year, I think you could make the excuse that the weapons weren't there. And uh, at least from, you know, where I stand here in fall camp, you know, that hopefully seems to be a situation that's going to be remedied. Yeah, speaking of the guys you're going to throw to these new receivers and this upgraded receiving core, obviously uh, a quarterback battle for back-to-back years. Last year, it wasn't really a quarterback battle. It was, you know, Grant Wells got named the starter pretty early in fall camp. Um, now it's it seems to be it's going to come down to the wire between, you know, Kyron Jones, the transfer from Baylor, and then Grant Wells, the incumbent. Uh, who, who are you kind of favoring will get, you know, the first first snap uh, in that opening game against ODU, and would you not be shocked if both guys play at some point this season? Yeah, Trey. I so I, first of all, I definitely think it's going to be uh, Grant Wells taking that first snap. You know, barring maybe like an injury that he could somehow sustain, not getting hit in practice. But like, you look at the ODU game, right? And the game that Virginia Tech just cannot lose. Grant Wells has thrown over a thousand passes at the Division One college football level between a couple of years of experience at Marshall and then ultimately, you know, one year at Virginia Tech. That's also another year in the system. Kyron Drones has thrown under fifty and like none of them were ever meaningful passes. Like he's only really played garbage time. The ceiling is there for drones. He might be a better fit for the offense. But going in out the gate, I expect it to be Wells. I think they're going to give him a fair shot to uh, you know see what he can do, hopefully with better weapons, and at least in the beginning, uh, comparable, hopefully improved offensive line play and a more balanced attack when you add Deshaun Tootin uh, to Malachi Thomas, who looks to be fully healthy this year uh, there in the mix. So I think it'll be Wells. That being said, short leash, right? I mean, you brought in drones because you believe he's a great fit for the offense with the prototype of the quarterback that you want. Uh, and, you know, he's a very high-ceiling guy. He's a very highly recruited player uh, out of high school. So I think that in a scenario where, you know, maybe the offensive line is abysmal, the offense isn't moving as well, having the bigger, uh, more durable, and mobile quarterback like Drones could be to Virginia Tech's advantage, especially, you know, if maybe the season's a little bit of a walk at that point and you're just kind of trying to, project towards the development of the program going forward. Uh, but, you know, right away, I think they're going to lean on experience and they're going to lean on Wells. And I think, quite frankly, if the offensive line can hold up, I, I, I would kind of – I think he'll play better. I think he'll, I think he'll play better than we saw last year. And uh, he'll be able to hang on to that job for a little while. But, again, if it doesn't happen and I'm wrong, that leash is going to be very, very slow. Moving to the defense, and uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked you a little bit earlier on as we're joined by Andrew Alex at Andrew Alex Radio on X now, uh, formerly known as Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, just call it Twitter, Trey. Just call uh, it Twitter. Come on. Uh, <laughs> People know what you're talking about. They can uh, just type in Twitter, and then it will redirect to X. I'm assuming you're going to ask me for the most underrated player on the defense, Trey. Yes, I and, am. Uh, this, so this one I copped out a little bit, but – I don't think people are talking about the interior defensive line enough. I mean, we've looked back at seasons in the past when you don't have anyone big up the middle that can really, uh, you know, 
stop that interior run game. It's a it's an issue, right? It's an issue. We've seen that with Tech in the past. They've been gashed by the likes of Pitt and other teams that can run the ball uh, over the years when they found themselves in that situation. With that being said, Norrell Pollard returns. Mario Kendricks returns. These are guys who have literally been playing since they were freshmen and have been, you know, by no means the Achilles heel. You know, as they've gotten older throughout their careers, they've been really, you know, stalwart contributors to this program and uh, something that you don't need to worry about. So I think, you know, the edge rush, you're relying on a little bit of development or someone coming in from the outside, uh, you know, whether it be the, the, the gentleman who goes by APR uh, from Florida or uh, Darius Payne, the Nebraska transfer from last year who missed the entire season. Edge rush, either development or someone else that you brought in from the outside. But on the inside, I think the Virginia Tech is going to be very strong and it's going to you know, be a good complement to a secondary, but I think it's going to be really strong. The defense, you know, if good, good interior, good defensive backs, just if we can get slightly above average play from the linebackers and something resembling a pass rush, I think Virginia Tech could put themselves in a position where, you know, you only need to score 21, 24 points to win a football game. And, uh, you know, if Virginia Tech does have a good record this year, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, looking at this, obviously defense improved a lot last season. The offense didn't, but you, you look at play calling now going over to Chris Marv. Uh, full-time, obviously called the game right here at Lynchburg against Liberty, uh, which was the last time we really saw the Hokies on the field. Um, looking at this defense, and you, you sort of touched on it, if they improve like we expect and the offense doesn't show the signs of improvement that maybe we that fans would want, let's say, do you still view this kind of with, with the recruiting that's going on as, all right, they're, they're really still building on last season and everything's heading in the right direction? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's going to be an eye test type thing, right? I mean, Virginia Tech last year, like, the offense was abysmal. There's, like, no way to sugarcoat it. If the offense doesn't look any better, it's going to be kind of hard to hold optimism in that regard. But the defense is, you know, does show improvement in their grades. I mean, at least, you know, it's something to lean on. It's just going to be, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder and how it, how it happens, right? Tech's going to lose some football games. Are they getting obliterated in the games that they lose, or are they hanging in there? You know, I think with Virginia Tech last year, you saw a little bit of both. You know, the Duke game, they were never really felt competitive. But, you know, Miami, Georgia Tech, and a couple of them, of course, NC State, they absolutely collapsed them. But, you know, those games felt like, you know, a couple things here, a couple things there. You're, you, you know, the, the, the script is flipped, if you will. Uh, you know, you want to see more improvement just in terms of being able to move the football. You want to have some proof of concept in terms of what they're trying to do on offense, right? And I think that has to happen, at least early on in the season when they're fully healthy. Uh, of course, you want to see better discipline. It was a super penalized team last year, and it was just absolutely mind-boggling. It's hard to watch at times. I think that the coaching staff, uh, you know, looked like a rookie coaching staff at some point in the season last year. Uh, you know, can they iron things out and make those in-game decisions uh, in a way that's not shooting yourself in the foot? I think that that's something I'm looking for. 
you know, overall, you know, it's all in the eyes of the holder, right? Like when you win three games last year, six wins is great. Seven wins would be really great. Eight wins are going to throw a parade. Like you just want to see progress in the right direction. Like six wins in the final year under Justin Fuente was enough to get him to lose his job. Six wins this year would be a victory. So I think that, you know, the, the schedule is somewhat tough. I mean, you know, you have to go on the road to Marshall. Clearly Virginia Tech's proven that ODU is not an easy win. You have a pair of big 10 teams, albeit teams that are projected to finish uh, towards the bottom of that conference, but also teams that like, you know, historically speaking, don't really out recruit Virginia Tech. Maybe in the last few years they do, but, you know, we're trying to get back there. But I, I think the opportunity is there. So like, what does it look like? Do you put yourself in a position where the fan base starts to get apathetic? Because I think we saw a little bit of that last year. You, know, you get the first year pass because, obviously, like the cupboard was left totally bare for Brent Pry. He's not in an ideal situation now, but no one's asking him to go ahead and win the ATC. No one's asking him to win nine football games. They just want to see steady improvement. I think this team, at least talent-wise, is capable of doing that, barring, like I said, a crazy number of injuries on the offensive line. But the way that this defense projects and the new talent they added on offense, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of excuses if it doesn't happen. The ACC is not necessarily like, you know, you're not playing Ohio State and Michigan week in week out either. So it is what it is. Well, sir, I appreciate you hopping on to uh, to join me today, my friend. Uh, if listeners want to connect with you and, and the folks at uh, VT Scoop, where can they do that? Yeah, first of all, if you wanted to find me on Twitter or X or whatever we're supposed to call it now, I would go to twitter.com, Andrew Alex Radio. Alex spelled A-L-I-X would be the way to find me in that regard. Uh, and then you have VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. Go get your VIP subscription. Uh, that's always a big deal, all the recruiting insights and stuff like that. We're trying to build a program. My boy Evan G. Watkins, he got all the insights. So head on over, check it out, talk with us on the boards. Inside the Tunnel Podcast, Funky Hangover Podcast, I'm all over the place. The busiest man in, in tech, Andrew Alex. Uh, buddy, it, it's always good to hear your voice. It's always to reconnect with you, reminisce about the old school days uh, at Champs. But uh, I, I look forward to seeing you in person soon, and uh, have a good one. Yeah, Trey, crazy. It's been five years now since you and me uh, started doing the drive together back on the ESPN Blastberg Time Flies, I suppose. But it was a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. That will do it for Andrew. When we come back, we'll talk a little NASCAR with now, oh, that was a former colleague of mine. Now we're going with a colleague currently of mine, Brian Nolan, frontstretch.com, talking NASCAR next here on the Fast Lane.